The Athletic. Hello everyone and welcome to the Football Manager Show by The Athletic. I'm your host Tony Jameson and I'm joined by RDF Tactics and producer Steve. On today's show, Andrew James from Sports Interactive gives us some tips on how to get the best from your youth development. We try to find a bargain that we can retrain as a wide centre-back in search for a star. And we answer your letters. It's time. Let's make it happen. Picture the scene. You've just had your new youth intake. The staff believe this is a golden generation. So how do you ensure that your elite intake is exactly that, rather than the collection of players who failed to make the grade? Is developing wonder kids a science? Or is it purely potluck? We're joined now by Andrew James from Sports Interactive, who's going to give us some hints and tips on how to get the best out of our youth development in FM23. Andrew James, welcome to the Football Manager Show. Hello, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you, it's a pleasure to have you. First things first, Andrew, what we like you to do for the listeners is can you please tell us what it is you do all day? Uh, yep, so I'm the QA lead for the gameplay team on training, new gens, finances and a sort of a lot of the other long-term stuff. So I spend a lot of time progressing the game into the future, extracting data from those saves at that point, getting them into a spreadsheet and then looking through all the numbers, trying to find what's gone wrong, how we can balance things a bit better. Mm, okay, excellent, excellent. First question, I guess, leading on then, everyone's going to want to know this one. Wonder Kids. Where do we find them? How do we nurture them? Yeah, so in terms of finding them, I guess there's obviously two main places. They're either going to be real players in the game at GameStart at other clubs, or they're going to generate in the game through youth intakes, again, either at other clubs or, if you're lucky, at your own club. But in terms of finding them, you're going to need some help from your scouts to find the ones at other clubs or your sort of youth coaches at your own club to tell you that these guys have potential, these guys are going to make it one day. Uh when it comes to nurturing them, I'd say you've got to remember that every Wonder Kid is different. You need to <laughs> treat them individually, map out their own career paths. Don't just try and look for that one solution that's going to work every single time. You need to really look after them and treat them <laughs> as people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, you're talking about different. Obviously, everyone's different. So you're going to have different development plans for different youngsters, of yeah. course. But... Would you recommend setting up mentoring groups with senior pros to help your younger players develop positive traits? Uh, yeah, that's a great way of sort of a good starting point for sure, especially if those traits are ones that are positive, they're ones that you want them to be passed down. I think you've got to be careful. You might have a good player who has a trait that you're actually not too fond of and maybe putting them in the group could end up with them passing on the less positive trait down as well. But yeah, mentoring groups are a good way to sort of set them on the path. Nice. Okay, now here's one thing that I've noticed, Andrew. Okay, on my save, right, having a good head of youth development means that when we get around to like our youth intake day, it seems like my youngsters are better. Now, is that how it works, or is it just purely coincidental? <laughs> well, there's an element of coincidence there for sure. Like mm. the main impact for the head of youth development is they will, if they have a good personality type, then that personality can rub off onto the young players. So that will then lead potentially to them improving more quickly and becoming better players. So that might you might look back on the youth intake as being a good one. But at the point of generation, that's not actually going to be making them better players at that point. So yeah, a bit of truth, but also a bit of luck. So I, I want to try and get a secret out of you. A little, a little <laughs> secret. Are there any specific regions that tend to produce more young players with high potential? Or does it change over time? Because I know a lot of people like to do build a nation as well. So I'm guessing there's more of a dynamic rating. But is there any nations or regions that you could recommend? <laughs> yeah, so every nation has a national youth rating score set in the database. It's a yeah. hidden it's a hidden score, so you can't actually see it in game. But it does exist under the hood. <laughs> so I think it's not going to be a surprise for people to hear that places like Brazil and Argentina have quite a high national youth rating set. And yeah, smaller countries tend to have a lower score. 
So, and yet it does change over time. This we introduced this last year, dynamic youth ratings. So we've also made a few changes to that this year. The way that works is basically as the na- how the nation performs as a whole in game will influence whether that score goes up or down. Two other scores that each nation has is game importance. So how important football is in that country and FA financial power. So how rich the FA is in that country. So how much money goes into grassroots, essentially. (laughs) Those two scores are now both also dynamic. So they can go up and down in long-term saves and they all feed into whether or not dynamic youth rating will go up or down. So that means things like league reputation and FIFA ranking as well can now sort of influence how whether these scores are going up and down. So in some saves, some nations will go up, in others they'll go down. But yeah, it means no two long-term saves ever look the same anymore. <laughs> That's what we like, isn't it? A bit of individuality on the saves there. Um, you mentioned something, and it's got my brain going there. You mentioned in, uh, player traits, and they said that there's some, some good traits to look for, and there's some obviously some traits we want to avoid. Could you give us a bit of an idea? What what traits would we, would we like, and what traits should we try and train out of these youngsters? I guess it's depends on sort of how you like to play the game so some traits you might think are positive whereas people would say are negative so you've got like the ones in match for example like if they hold on to the ball for too long maybe you like to slow play down and just build possession but if you're trying to counter attack <laughs> you don't want that there are like mental traits as well so there's things like you see uh, players want to continue playing for as long as they can so if you've got like a young player and you want him to sort of have that good professional head and keep playing then that would be a good one to pass on but yeah a lot of it depends on your own management style really so I wouldn't want to put thoughts into people's heads <laughs> football was littered with stories of wonder kids who never made it what advice would you give to help us to try and avoid having our players name added to that list yes yeah, so I touched on it before but I think it's important just to treat every player sort of with their, with their own plan so keep an eye on them don't yeah. just like chuck them off on loan and then sort of see where they are in a year's time like look in the dev center you've got your loan reports coming in make sure it's working for them if it's not working have a word with their manager maybe recall them find a new thing you know it's just it's basically just tracking them making sure that if something does start to go wrong you change something so they don't continue to go down the wrong path basically Mm, okay now let's look at the numbers as well okay so we're starting to look at the person what key attributes do we think we need to look at in order to help aid our young players' developments? Yeah, so in terms of the attributes to look for, determination is one that always comes up. That's the most important in terms of the attributes that you can actually see. Now, under the hood, there are hidden attributes like professionalism and ambition, which can also feed into this stuff. So, yeah, determination is the one to really look for. In terms of hidden stuff, you won't see it, but you might see sort of hints on scout reports or things like that and again I think something like if you see a scout report that says a player's consistent I always think that's a good sign because if they play well that always helps their development as well so if they're likely to play well more often that can only be a good thing Obviously better youth facilities and youth recruitment help but is there also an element of luck that a wonder kid will turn up at a smaller club like it does in real life? Yeah there is definitely an element of chance involved so none of the advice like if is ever going to be <laughs> guaranteed like there's always chance what what these sort of tips do is they give you the best chance of getting the best players but again you might get unlucky and have a bad intake you might not have the best setup and get lucky and get that one gem just sneak through so yeah there is always chance but it's just about giving yourself the best chance of getting good players mm, okay now a personal one here my wonder kid left me Will he ever come back or is he gone forever? <laughs> I'm thinking specifically to a, to a Norwegian player that I lost last year. He was oh, he was brilliant. He went to Bayern Munich. I mean, he was only 15. I, I regret him immensely. <laughs> well, he, I guess it's up to you. If you can forgive him and you can go <laughs> and afford him. put an offer in. Well, yeah. It might. Maybe he's got favoured club if you made that much of an impact on him. So he might, at the end of his career, come back. But yeah, I'm afraid. Sounds like he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. Never to return. Well, he's gone. He's we, gone. We've loved and lost, but hey, oh. <laughs> um, anything else? Anything else you think we, we might need to add that maybe the listeners are sort of sat chomping at the bit for going, tell me this, tell me this. Maybe a little hint or a little uh, tip, possibly. 
I always think the dev center is an underrated area of the game. Like, there's advice there. Mm-hmm. We have these graphs that show you the progress. Like, as I said, you want to make sure that when something goes wrong, change something because it's not going to fix itself. So yeah, dev center, keep an eye on it, and just make sure that no one's going under the radar and down the wrong path. Yeah. Mm, excellent. So that little bit of extra care and attention in there to make sure that we are looking over our young players. Now, can you just obviously you know, for a bit more clarity as well? Maybe some people haven't used the development center uh, as much as maybe uh, maybe yourselves or, or or I. Can you just sort of like break that down a bit more? Like, what should we be looking out for? What's our sort of key areas, and what's uh, you know why should we? Yeah. Use it? Yeah. So the dev center has a few different sections in it. It'll have it has like pages for each youth team at the club. It also has like an overview page, which is I think the best page in the dev sensor so it's got backroom <laughs> advice and it tells you like potential first team candidates so it will tell you like this guy's ready to make the step up it might also say he's now at an age where he needs first team football or he's gonna stagnate so you see that you've got to get him in or get him out on loan to get him minutes because there's an age where up to a certain point training is the most important thing in progression but after that it's sort of gradually the weight shifts towards playing matches so you need to be careful that you get yeah. these guys minutes when they need them. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to, I got kind of two questions. The first one is what age do you think or feel is best? Well, game time is the best development. So we do like training, 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 but what at what age is game time now important for that player's development? So it does slightly vary player to player and sort okay. of, the, their route through academy systems and how important the matches they've been playing to that point are. So every match player plays in, whether it's a friendly reserve game or first team game, they sort of, based on the reputation of the match, sort of feeds into their progression. So it's about gradual progress, different ages. So you can still have late bloomers if they've taken the long way up to the first <laughs> team. But yeah, it's normally around about as they turn sort of nineteen twenty. That's when I'd say the yeah. shift really takes effect. And my last question was, with the mentoring, is there any personalities that we should avoid? So, for example, we, of course, don't want an unprofessional player being a mentor for our youngster. Is there sort of a personality that we should be looking to avoid? Or is there a personality we should be looking uh, at? So everyone always looks for model citizen. That's the, thing. <laughs> that's the best. That's the dream. <laughs> but in terms of avoid, like, I can't... I can't I've, struggling to remember all the different personality types now to be honest but yeah yeah i'm trying to remember some as well but it's like yeah so most of them are sort of quite neutral sounding they're not then yeah 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 okay they're not neutral yeah exactly they're not going to have a negative impact yeah okay yeah yeah. i think it's just a case of like yeah just if it sounds like the kind of personality you want go for it but (laughs) and i'm guessing the hierarchy is also important so you would want that you want someone mentoring youngsters to be also high in the hierarchy table. You wouldn't yeah, that all feeds in. So on the mentoring correct. page, it has yeah. like, uh, I think it says impact on group and impact from group. Yeah, so oh, yeah. the higher in the hierarchy they are, oh, yeah. sort of the bigger impact they can have. So if they're high and have good personality, then that's sort of perfect because they're going to rub off well. Mm, excellent stuff, excellent stuff. And one more final thing while we've got you. Youth Intake Day, we all dream of a field of green A's. <laughs> yeah. Now, I can't be the only one that sits there and has worked out that that is relative to our team, I'm presuming. It's not just these are all going to be fantastic players. You sit there, great A's, 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 A's. One and a half stars? Oh, oh dear. Yeah, it's relative to your team. So it's based on the star ratings. So like have how their potential will look when they generate. So if they have the potential to be like, a good first team player then they're going to get a high potential star rating so the youth intake will rate them highly but yeah I can I know it gets people's hopes up a lot but <laughs> I think part of it is everyone <laughs> hopes that their club's going to be improving so much in the future that they sort of base their youth intake expectations on what the club might be in a few yeah. years time if they've stayed in charge yeah. and improved but yeah it's sort of there and then relative that makes absolute mm. sense to be honest Andrew James from Sports Interactive thank you very very much for your time No worries. Thanks for having me on. You're listening to the Football Manager Show from The Athletic. On The Athletic, you can read in-depth work from the likes of Carl Anker, Michael Cox and Raphael Honigstein. And if you've never subscribed before, you can get six months of The Athletic for six quid. How do you do this, I hear you ask? Simple. 
visit theathletic.com forward slash FM pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash FM pod. So go on, give it a go. If you listened to last week's show, you'll have heard us looking for a box-to-box midfielder who isn't shining in their natural or current role. But before we search for this week's star, let's talk about our findings from last week. Now, in case you missed it, myself and RDF Tactics chose five key attributes for a box-to-box midfielder, and we simmed to see the results. And, as a reminder, the attributes were technical, dribbling, for the mental attributes, we are looking at anticipation and decision-making. For physical, it's strength and stamina. Mm, There you go, that's what we looked for. Aaron, rather surprisingly, Hmm. you had two (laughs) Spurs players on your shortlist, didn't you? Did you you actually manage Spurs for a week? Well, (laughs) after a talk with producer Steve, it it wasn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) He sounded a little disappointed, so I changed. I changed my test and I went with Pedro instead. The striker, by the way, people, the striker. Okay, and how did Pedro get on? Oh, um, t- fantastically well. <laughs> so, so what I've done, I went to back to Man City. Sorry, people. I've, I guarantee next test it won't be at Man City. <laughs> but I went to Man City and what I've done as well, I've used a preset, the 424 gig and pressing preset. And that comes with a DM. So I've just moved that DM into central midfielder and of course put box to box midfielder. I simmed the whole season, but I cheekily also went to training and I trained Pedro as a central midfielder just so we can get the the best out of him, the best out of him. And the results, I had Pedro. He played 61 games and he has 24 assists. By the way, the most assists in the whole squad. His average rating, 7.23, which makes him the fourth best. I mean, we're going to take out Ortega because he only played one game. So he's technically the third best player. In this Manchester City team, his ability as well as a central midfielder is three and a half stars. So for me, this one was a success. He's also scored nine goals. Okay, you had a successful pick. I mean, is it predictable (laughs) that mine didn't necessarily work out as well? (laughs) I chose Mukhtar Diakabi, a ball-playing defender at Valencia. And I thought, you know, we said ball-playing defender, he's going to go into that box-to-box transition. He's going to be fine. 6.77 6.77 average rating is what uh, is what I've got. Uh, XG of minus 1.14. <laughs> it didn't really work out. 21 shots. 37 games he played, he got one assist. So 24.72 progressive passes, which was decent enough. Three, 8.87 sprints. But yeah, just not brilliant. Not brilliant, to be honest. And we finished 10th the season of Valencia <laughs> we were playing we were playing right in a, in a in a sort of Brazilian box formation technically and normally I use a ball winning midfielder in that role but yeah we changed it to put him as a as a box to box midfielder in there gave him the training told him look this is what you're going to be focused on for the entire season and um, yeah it didn't didn't quite work out gave the ball away a lot <laughs> <laughs> wow I did say as well because the ball playing defender he's, he's going to try and bring the ball out from defence but also f- through midfield but obviously it just wasn't successful maybe it's his technique letting him down possibly because it's on nine potentially potentially I tried to uh, I tried to obviously I tried to train him as well for his ball control because his dribbling wasn't it was fine but I was like you know what if we're going to get him to sort of run with the ball a lot more I was like well maybe we'll we'll up that dribbling a little bit higher but um but yeah, not not entirely sure, uh, to be honest. Also as well, also as well, can you explain to me, how's he got a negative XG? What's he doing? Like, is he just, like, is he? Is, is there a chance for a shot and he's just turning around and wellying it the other way or, or what? I have no idea how that's happened. I mean, you're the manager. You, you've done something there with Diakabi. Like, is he, is he literally, he's got an open goal and he's saving the shot? Is he getting in the way of our shots? I don't know what he's doing but um but right well so, so at the minute at the minute we'll class that as two for you and none for me and that was last week that was last week we're gonna go again this week i'm gonna dust it off and it's gonna be fine right we're now on the lookout for a position that you like a position i've not really used so again doesn't necessarily board well for me 
a wide centre-back on either defensive duty or support duty. So, Aaron, please, Mm -hmm. for the listeners and myself, (laughs) remind us what makes a good wide centre-back. They are typically just defenders, so what we are looking for, they're going to be not bad at defending. They don't have to be great. They don't have to be a Virgil van Dijk, but they have to be decent at defending. But what makes a good wide centre-back is their reading of the game, knowing when to go wide, knowing when to support your wing-back, who is obviously bummed up the field. So for me, um, decision-making, composure, and just knowing, so anticipation, knowing when to make your move and when to stay wide. Mm, Okay, so here's the reminder of how we're going to do this. Five attributes across technicals, mentals, and physicals. Attribute masking is off. Aaron, talk us through what we're going to be looking for. We are not looking for players who are shining in their role. So we are looking for players not shining in their role. And we're aiming for a bargain. So we've capped it at £30 million, which, let's face it, it's nothing in today's market. So we have chosen five attributes for a wide centre-back. And they are dribbling, anticipation, decisions, stamina and strength. Love it, love it. Those are the attributes for a wide centre-back. It's time to search for a star. Yes, and he's currently at Brentford. His transfer value is between £18 million and £22 million at the moment. And his name, Vitari Yanel, who is six foot tall. He's currently at Brentford, like mentioned. He's, he's very very good player, it seems. He's got passing 14, tackling 14. His heading's on 12, his jumping reach is on 12, so he's not the best in the air. But then again, you've got other, you've got two other centre-backs for that. He's fit, very fit. Stamina, 15. Natural fitness, 16. He's got the strength, 14. His reading of the game is there as well. Anticipation, 14. But he's got some nice defensive attributes like aggression and bravery. He's not afraid to go into a challenge. He works hard for your team and he works really well in a team as well. His teamwork is on 15. So Vitali Yanel is my, he's actually my number one pick. I'm very intrigued by him. Okay. I like that as a pick. I like that as a pick, Aaron. Now here's my first one. Saul. Do you remember him? Do you remember him? Atletico Madrid midfielder, had a season over at Chelsea. Can play literally everywhere. Just positions. Yes. Like that's what he's got <laughs> right there. <laughs> Where do you want to play Saul? Yep. Excellent, yes. I'll do that. Fantastic. <laughs> so because he can play everywhere, I presume he can play wide centre-back as well. I've not checked with him, but I'm guessing he can do it. He's got everything that we need. I mean, look at the attributes we're looking for. So stamina, he's got stamina. We're looking for strength. I could probably bulk up a little bit, but never mind. Decision-making, decent enough. Uh, anticipation, good. Technical skills, dribbling, yes, please. Plus, he's got all these player traits as well. Uh, he runs with the ball, he shoots from distance, he argues, all these things I want from my centre-backs, uh, to be honest. And then when he gets to the edge of the box, as he's bombing forward, even on defend, his natural inclination is to go forward. He's then going to shoot from distance as well. So, potentially, I mean, yeah, I know we're looking for a defending duty, but does what he wants, isn't it? It's Sol. <laughs> Can't stop the man. He's, he's going to run. He's still going to be good as a supportive player as well. He's possibly better on support than attacking anyway, to be fair. Again, six foot two as well. His jumping reaches on 13, heading 15. So he's not too bad in the year. And the mental attributes, like I mentioned of the other guy, and this is becoming a theme actually, in all of our search for the stars, we've noticed that these guys are coming with good teamwork and work rate. And I don't think that is a coincidence at all. He's also available between 13 million pound and 19.5 million pound but tony did you realize how much he was earning per week i mean we might be able to get him on loan right i mean 250 <laughs> grand a week granted is is a lot but you know you know what football's like these days he might he might take a wage drop if we can offset some of that and let madrid pay some of his, his wages it'll be fine right <laughs> You're going to have to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So maybe not Saul. Maybe not Saul. Who do you got as number two? Number two on my list is Domen Chernigoj. Now, he plays at Valencia. He's a central midfielder. He can play attacking midfielder. He can play on the right side of midfield as well. But today, or next week, sorry, <laughs> he'll be playing as a wide centre-back on support or on defence. Player traits, he shoots from distance. 
He likes to place his shots. So I'm guessing he's trying to curl it from 50 yards away from the from the goal. And he runs with the ball often as well. But enough of the traits. Let's look at the attributes that we care about. Strength, 13. Stamina, 13. Anticipation is also on... He loves a 13, don't he? First mm. touch, dribbling, long shots, passing, 13. <laughs> Work rate, 13. He's a 13 sort of guy, but he's a very, very decent player. Six foot tall as well. So again... We're not, you're, we're not getting little people at the back here. We are trying to build a monster defence. I mean, I might even possibly pick two players of our list and just have two wide centre-backs and have a go that way. But yeah, no, this is... I'm really intrigued again by this guy here. I haven't seen him in-game and his value between 240k and £2.4 million. So that is a bargain. That is a bargain. You don't even need a quarter of a million pounds a week wages for him. Um, so, yeah, well done. Missed. 13, unlucky for some. Not for, not for this guy, apparently. Not for this yeah. guy. Um, okay, I quite like this this fella. Number two for me, I'm going to go with Alexandro. Oh, what a guy. What a now, guy. Juventus's attacking fullback, wingback, possibly winger, maybe, if you have a look on the uh, player position's on the uh, on on his on his profile now player traits wise runs with the ball down the left so again as a as a wide center back we do want him to move out a little bit not necessarily to get too far forward but he can move with the ball he's obviously fit he's got good stamina he's strong he's got a 14 you've got mr 13 i've got mr 14 right here <laughs> stamina 14 strength 14 what else have we got here decision making oh it's 13 let him back down again but never mind uh, anticipation 15 so that balances out to 14 yeah. and dribbling 13 <laughs> so close Oh, he's only five foot eleven as well. He's he's one of the shorter players I've recommended. Um, but yeah, I quite like the look of him to be honest. I think he's he's got that sort of almost uh, unnatural trait of a centre back. So yeah, maybe we could get him playing wide. He's an option, right? That's unlike you. That is unlike you. And again, his value is he's not expensive as well. Twenty million pound. You're getting an elite player. I've just seen he's got 200 grand a week wages as well. Okay, I've not really I was just about to touch on that as well. I was, just about to, I was just about going to that as well. He's a great player if you play at Juventus, right? So, <laughs> right, moving on, moving on, moving on. Right, right. Aaron, <laughs> give me number three. Yes. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> And the last star on my list is Elias Sekiri. He's Tunisian, 27 years of age, currently playing for FC Cologne. He dictates tempo. Again, six foot one. Yeah, my back three complete monsters. Now, this guy, much like the first guy, very, his attributes kind of tells you this guy can play almost everywhere. Even his finishing is on 12. His stamina is 19, natural fitness 15. He would run everywhere for you especially with the work rate on 15 and teamwork on 15 as well he's really really determined anticipations on 16 which is something that we've been looking at positioning 14 which is a huge bonus for a central defender tackling 13 marking 13 heading 12 so he's actually just about an above average for a center back some of these attributes especially tackling and marking he's a very good passer of the ball as well looking for a wide center back occasionally they will need to bring the ball out from the back and he's got 13 dribbling he's decision making he's got everything um there's no point of me <laughs> talking about these attributes he's got this flair he's got flair he's got leadership he's got off the ball he has everything what he doesn't have that would have been easier is corners long throws and penalty taking but we are looking for a wide center back i'm not necessarily sure that's important you can get him for between six million and nine million pound so the last person on my list is Elias Sekiri. He looks decent, to be honest. I'm very excited yeah. by him. Okay. And, yeah. and you know what? And his wages look affordable as well. So you've obviously understood <laughs> some. The, um, the you've obviously understood the mission today. Um well you know what, right? Okay, I don't just do I don't just do expensive players, okay? I'm gonna give you someone who is free. Absolute Ooh. zero pounds. Can't guarantee he doesn't need 200 grand a week wages, but zero pounds. <laughs> We're not paying a transfer fee here. We're looking at Fauji Gulam, who is an Algerian uh, 
fullback, I presume, really. He can play a bit higher up if needs be as well. Yes. He plays all the way down the left. 31 years old. Again, player traits of runs with the ball down the left. And he's got what we're looking for. Strength of 13. Granted, stamina's not brilliant at 11, but decision-making is 13. His determination's 15 as well, in case you need that. And work rate, 17. Anticipation is 14. And his technicals uh, for dribbling is uh, is is 12. But his crossing... Now, I know we're not looking for a, a wing-back on attack, but for crossing of 15, that might come in handy a little bit. Tackling 14 as well for uh, for obviously those defensive duties also with positioning and teamwork. So maybe, maybe a wide centre-back that's not going to cost you a single penny. Well, if you don't mind me jumping in, Tony, you did mm. mention the 15 crossing. Wide centre-backs on defend need to cross from deep. So actually, crossing is an underrated attribute for this role. He also possesses long throws as well. So if your left back can't take a long throw, well, you've got your wide centre-back on the left-hand side who can. Now, let's be cheeky. Let's ask his agent about his availability just to make sure he's not asking for £250,000. <laughs> he oh, he's dear. asking for around £51,000. That's what his agent is saying. So that is good news. That's good news, I think. He's an <laughs> absolute steal at fifty yes, grand. Absolutely steal. <laughs> he is. Um, also as well, I'm going to put one extra sneaky one in, Aaron. I know we only picked three, but I have yes. an extra sneaky one. Ooh. From last week's list, Matt Doherty. Where can't he play? He can play everywhere. You said last can't week he can play Russell. everywhere. So he could potentially also play wide centre-back. Why would we not have him as a wide centre-back? There's literally no reason. Other than that, he plays... Yeah, other than this, Matt Doherty, there's no other reason. <laughs> there's no other... He's a very good player on Football Manager. I, I said this last week. There's a, another player that can play almost everywhere. Almost everywhere. He's finishing on 12 as well. So, like, I don't... Yeah, just stick him up front if you want, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can do everything bar take a corner and a penalty. But you know what? Matt yeah. Doherty is, is the guy. He's the one to uh, to run as, as the wide centre-back. So, um, okay, is. fine. We will pick our players. We will do our simulations. We will come back next week and we'll see how well yours has worked and how badly mine's gone. Let us know if this works for you. And if you want us to search for a star for yourself... Get in touch, just like Gareth Catherwood did. Now, he is at G Catherwood on Twitter. He starts it off. Tony RDF, producer Steve, great football manager show, guys. There's a man of exquisite taste. If you are looking for Search for Star Ideas, could you find some players to convert to a halfback? Really like that role in FM. Keep up the great work. And four, four thumbs emojis. So, you know what, Gareth? Because you've asked nicely... I think next week's search for a star is going to be halfbacks. Now, Aaron, do you want to quickly give us a little? I can see you're already loading it up there. Going, I'm going to get straight into it. <laughs> you cheeky bugger. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> in game, it describes the halfback as the halfback looks to serve a role somewhere between that of an aggressive sweeper and a defensive midfielder. The halfback drops deeper than a standard defensive midfielder in possession and looks to offer an outlet for quickly recycling possession and to offer protection against counterattacks. So I'm just trying to build a picture for you guys. We're not going to talk about the attributes that we're searching for because you will have to listen to that next week. And now it's time for your letters. And to help us do that, it's producer Steve. Welcome back, producer Steve. Hi, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> we missed you. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, I missed you too. But Doogie did a lovely job and it was a lovely show to listen to. But uh, I did feel I missed being there too. So it's very nice to be back. And I'm not the only one who uh, enjoyed the show last week. I'm sure more than one person did. But one person who got in touch with us to say they did uh, is someone called Ricky Aldridge. And that's uh, at Ricky Aldridge on Twitter. They say, after listening to this, I'm chomping at the bit to start an FM save with Velez. That's obviously in Malaga. I can certainly listen to Lee talk about this all day. Great show, as always, gents. And Lee was fantastic last week. So if you guys haven't listened to last week's show, go back down the feed. Fantastic insight into... Um, life working at a real life football club really and actually 
an interesting element of like actually how an interest in writing for tactics and the sort of statistical mindset that that attracts people to football manager i think could not often but can potentially lead to a route into real life football which is um yeah it's lovely old job <laughs> you know going to live out in spain sounds all right doesn't it but yes so that was great and i really enjoyed the show in general last week gentlemen the bit near the end though mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um community challenge this is not talking about it before the show. <laughs> didn't didn't technically say anything really. Getting told off, aren't we? <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> well, since we've said we're going to do it, uh, we're probably going to have to do it, aren't we? We, we? we touched upon it, but yes, let's just let's let's go for it. Let's we can't leave it. the listeners like you know hanging like that, can we? We've got to, We've basically got to um, give them it now, haven't we? This is why we need an adult. Aaron, this is why my doing was here to keep an eye on us. <laughs> yeah. Right, we've decided. We've decided. Sheffield Wednesday. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I know we've got we've got previous with you know League One style challenges. Former Premier League side. You know, it's not too long ago, really, in the grand scheme of things, that they were in a final of two major cups. Mm. So they are one of the oldest football clubs in the world as well. Massive stadium, huge support. Sheffield Wednesday. Sleeping giant, definitely. Mm. Definitely. And that was the, was that the 93 season when they lost the League Cup and the FA Cup to, which team was it, Aaron? I forget which team it was that they lost. uh, It was Arsenal. It was Arsenal. (laughs) (laughs) was it norwich i don't know no, that was the yeah that was the last time arsenal won the league cup i think was was against sheffield wednesday yeah. in the early 90s my yeah my last league cup final memory wasn't great no anyway enough about the league cup <laughs> well, let's move on uh, yeah. let's let's rewrite history everyone let's write a new <laughs> chapter in sheffield wednesday's history none of this previous failed attempts let's go for glory shall we yes yeah, so um you'll be shocked to hear this coming from me but we probably need some rules for this don't we yeah probably makes sense actually <laughs> yeah so what do we think okay so we've debated this rules are as follows sheffield wednesday to the premier league that's ultimately what we want to get okay but we're going to add a little bit of restriction in here how about you only sign yorkshireman Think about the grandparent rule. Like if the player has a grandparent or a parent that was born in Yorkshire or maybe even themselves were born in Yorkshire, you can sign them. That's an idea. Okay. Yorkshire born and bred, we could call yeah. it. Or or if they've been at the club for more than five seasons, they can take a Yorkshire citizenship test and they can be declared <laughs> for Yorkshire. <laughs> for the purposes of the FM show, this is our made-up criteria to be absolutely clear before we get any angry correspondence um this is just us making these things up <laughs> who could you get think about the obvious ones obviously but aaron anyone that's a little bit sort of like you know do a bit of digging who could you have <laughs> you can have harland you can have yes, harland can. he counts <laughs> yes, he, he can. counts. <laughs> cameron jerome as well he counts remember that fantastic goal he scored against liverpool Hopefully we can recreate that in Football Manager. And also, if you guys are looking for a ball-playing defender, John Stone counts. John Stones. Mm, but, Barnsley lad, wasn't he? <laughs> there was mm. an interesting one that we thought count. He doesn't. He doesn't. Radamel Fakal. And some of you guys are thinking, oh, duh. Of course he doesn't count. His great-grandfather is a Yorkshireman. Mm. I think, you know, as much as the idea of signing Radamel Falcao as a Yorkshireman for Sheffield Wednesday is fun. I think we have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, there has to be it a has line. Because obviously fun, fun is crucially better when it's organised. <laughs> so, you know, we have drawn the line at the grandparent rule, which does sadly mean that Falco does miss out. But a surprising number of players are included. Yeah, no, that's fine. And the thing is, though, we are not going to be, we're not going to, you know, be sort of like straight down the line go, you have to have, this is the boundaries. We're not here to pick what the boundaries are, of course, you know, but... If there is a legitimate argument that can be made that somewhere is in Yorkshire, then it counts. Okay? Could be historical, could be current administrative area, etc., etc., etc. And if you're 
on the fence, we need to hear your argument as to why this controversial signing counts as a Yorkshireman. Seem fair? Fair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> now we need tears. We need something to, to aim towards, don't we? So let's think tier one, gold standard. Get to the Premier League in three seasons, only signing players from Yorkshire. Nice. That's your hard mode. Yeah? Tier two, silver, Premier League in five seasons, signing whoever you want. Medium mode. And tier three, accessible to everyone, the bronze award, take your time, chill out, be free, don't get sacked. That's <laughs> the one for everyone, right? Be free, but do keep yeah. your job. Yes. Yeah. We should say as well, obviously, on the whole kind of signing players from Yorkshire thing, you can keep the current squad Yeah. as it is. It's just from this point on, it's the it's the Yorkshire. I just realised this is basically that's the sort of Yorkshire equivalent of Athletic Bilbao, isn't it? Ooh. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Athletic Sheffield. Athletic <laughs> 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 Sheffield. <laughs> Yeah, okay. But yeah, so that's the thing. So we're not saying with the current squad you have to get rid of every single person who isn't from Yorkshire because that would make it even harder. But yeah, from that point on is what we're saying. It is important to note FM is for everyone. Enjoy the game the way you enjoy to play and also to help you find your players as well. I will give you guys a filter. So if you don't know any Yorkshire places, I can help you guys and I will be giving you guys a filter as well. That is a really good point because, of course, we do have listeners from all around the world. So there may well be people going, I don't know where the Yorkshire boundaries lie. <laughs> don't worry. Aaron's got your back there. And we should say as well, if you do get sacked, doesn't matter. Try again. It's just a community challenge. It's just a bit of fun. Don't stress yourself about uh, getting sacked. Speaks a man who gets sacked a fair <laughs> bit. Um, so <laughs> what we need to do, okay, it is officially launched. The challenge is live. For next week, get pre-season done and tell us your best Yorkshire signings, general thoughts, and your level of difficulty that you either expect this challenge to be or that you are finding it. Okay? So that's for next week. Don't go charging ahead. If you do want to go further, obviously, you know, feel free, but try not to go any further than Christmas. Because we all want to kind of keep around about the same time. You know, we don't want anyone sort of going, I've done five seasons already in a couple of weeks. You know, let's let's sort of try and get there together. We all want to enjoy, and I'm going to use air quotes on a podcast, enjoy, suffer together. That's what we're going to do, right? <laughs> we're all in agreement. Yes. Yeah. Because also as well, I mean, we've, we've referenced a few people there earlier, but actually there is a, it's a surprising talent pool yeah. of Yorkshire players with the criteria that we've set. So this actually should be quite a fun thing to, to build on. Actually. Yeah, really I is. think so as well. And Sheffield Wednesday have got a pull as well. So it's not like you're taking a smaller side and then struggling to bring players in. They've got a pull. They're a big, they're a big fish in the proverbial big fish in a small pond. You know, they need to get promoted, <laughs> granted, mm. but if you can do it, oh, you'll be, you'll be hero worshipped in Sheffield. So yeah, let us know how you got on with Sheffield Wednesday in the community challenge, but back to this week's episode and the letters. So, in reference to last week's search for a star, after last week, I said, remember this, Aaron? When I said, you know Tom Bloxham, the guy at Shrewsbury, <laughs> the six-foot-five striker that I said could play box-to-box midfield, I said, oh, he's got attempt overhead kicks and he's got flair for seven. Let's maybe coach that out of him. Well, Alex Jones on Twitter, or at Jones underscore Alex, tweeted me, search Tom Bloxham overhead kick. I wouldn't remove that trait. <laughs> you know what, Alex? I watched that video. Tom Bloxham it must be encouraged to take overhead kicks at any given opportunity. It was a fantastic call. <laughs> uh, that is Tom Bloxham, sadly born in Leicester in East, East Midlands, <sighs> crucially not Yorkshire. Oh, I'm afraid. Is so, has he got a grandparent that's from Yorkshire? Get. Has he got a grandparent? <laughs> <laughs> that is quite interesting, though. Like, if a player does have a player trait, do you remove it because you don't like it, or do you just just go with it because it's that's the sort of player they are? That could be an interesting topic. The next letter is from James Flanagan, aka 
Flames Janigan. That was difficult. They're wonderful humans leading so many from the darkness to the light of FM. I'm considering options for my FM23 long save. What would your thoughts be on attempting to conquer every North and South American league in a journeyman? Every league? Yikes. I don't have much experience managing in the Americas and was looking for some sort of expert opinions to possibly guide my choice. All the love possible, Flames Janigan. Um, any South that American is... experts? <laughs> I was just thinking, just, I mean, no, crucially no. Um, very much, cannot stress no enough. Here. But that's, if that's North America, so that's the Canadian Premier League, mm-hmm. MLS, Central America too, so, so the Mexican Super yeah. League. I'm not sure what what depth to which FM will go to for the other leagues in Central America too. And then you hit South America. So then you've got the Brazilian, Argentine, but et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's a big old journeyman save that. That's a lot of leagues. Especially when you don't know the rules as well. It's like every season is going to be a massive mm. learning curve. Is this the not American just like in Brazil, still... for example, it's just crazy, isn't it? It's regional, it's national, yeah. it's... Um, also, seventy odd games in Brazilian oh. and Argentinian Division Two. That is a long journeyman save. So, <laughs> That's yeah, a you might you might get North America done and go, oh, brilliant! We're now down to Argentina, Brazil. This is going to be fantastic. What seventy eight games? Is this the NBA? <laughs> like, <no. laughs> yeah, because you you'll get through the Canadian Premier League and the MLS comparatively speaking, quite quickly. Mm. Liga um, MX as well, I think, is quite quick. I yeah. enjoyed Canada, though, I must admit. I, I played in Canada last year, loved the Canadian Premier League, so I would heartily recommend anyone gives that a go. But, yeah, I would potentially suggest that, unless you've got a big pot of coffee, you stay away from uh, <laughs> yeah. from Brazil, from the Brazilian yeah. and Argentine well, second I mean, divisions. Yeah. I've done Brazil as well, and it's, it's, it is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, but it gets to a point where it's like you've played a game, and it's like two days later, another one? <laughs> it did get to that point, but it's, it's honestly so much fun managing in the, just in Americas as well, finding out new league rules and all that sort of stuff. It is fun, so I would go for it. If I was you, I would go for it. But if you're looking for expert opinions, I am not the guy to go to for that. Yeah, you've come to the wrong place. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. But also as well, I suppose what would be interesting as well is the fact that like, obviously as uh, Andrew James mentioned in the show earlier today, places like Brazil and Argentina are some of the places that are just these fountains Ooh, of talent. Yeah. Mm. So if you were coming in and actually just being right at the source of, of players coming through, it could be really fun I suppose to sort of have a team and just look around you you've got these sort of wonder kids just coming through and you know and then inevitably having to sell them off to European size but anyway um, <laughs> but yeah I mean it could be interesting but I mean depending on how big a game you want James or Flames depending on your mood uh, maybe divide <laughs> it maybe maybe split the continent and have like Central American and North American journeyman save and then South America is a separate one don't know or do it all and you will have plenty to get through. I mean, however you decide to do it, do let us know. Do let us know, because I think this is going to be a journey and a half. Now, next letter we've received, a little bit closer to home, Paul Richardson writes, Hi, everyone. Love listening to your show when I work in a car manufacturing factory up north. That's up north in England for our non-UK listeners, or back from where I'm from, if you're trying to place an accent. Um, Here is my (laughs) corner routine, which I think everyone needs to know about. We will, of course, tweet this routine out for you, because on an audio platform, you can't see it. Um, I'm Sunderland. (laughs) You're learning, Tony. I'm Sunderland. (laughs) I'm already invested. He's got me here. I'm Sunderland. I have decent corner takers. I'm presuming Patrick Roberts at this point. And I use Ross Stewart, the Loch Ness Drogba, as my back post man. <laughs> that's his nickname. You. That's what they call him. Look at you. Is it? No one that's what they call him. Isn't all sorts. <laughs> I can't. I can't lay the claim to knowing the nickname, man. but that's 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 what they call him up there. Right? <laughs> um, he scored thirty-four goals in thirty-eight games. Thirty-four and thirty-eight. Presumably not all from corners, but if it is from corners, then this is outstanding. Okay. Uh, Paul is top of the league. He says this is all down to his trusty near post corner and back post corner routines hope this helps on your games keep up the good work paul that got me thinking everyone always thinks near post corners mm-hmm. baron 
back post. We, dif- we discussed a little bit, didn't we, this whole thing of a flick-on possibly and where do you put your finisher? Now, it's interesting because, like you just said it, finisher, and he's got Ross Stewart as well, the drug bar <laughs> for Sunderland. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so last year I tried it. I, didn't, I wouldn't say I tried it. I came up it accidentally and I noticed that my striker kept scoring far post goals, but I tried to recreate that elsewhere. I didn't realise it was down to the striker, his off-the-ball movement and all that sort of stuff. I just thought I can just put anybody at the back post and the ball magically falls to them, but it doesn't exactly work like that. So this is very interesting. It does. I think it does depend who you've got at the back post because they need to read those sort of situations as well. And I'm guessing it matters who you've got at the near post to win those flick-ons. I think also as well with set pieces, it's not just a, now, obviously a um, previous presenter at this uh Parish was a big fan of the near post corners, as, as some <laughs> listeners may remember. Um, but it's not just near or far post corners as well, because I've had an interesting amount of success with, from free kicks from deep and setting a routine for that. And Ooh. if you've got good, good set piece takers and setting you, scored a surprising number of goals from there as well. And if you think about it, the angles and the distances are kind of just a corner, but from a slightly different position on the pitch, really. Um, yeah. Either way, it's absolutely worth as Paul has done here, going through your set-piece routines and um, really thinking about them because the default ones won't necessarily be your friend. And the good thing is, and I'll say this and be corrected by the experts on on the show if this is wrong, but if you've got previous set-piece routines from, say, FM22, etc., you can download the file and import them into the new game so you can do all the work and you only have ever have to do it once and that's it. Because that's what I'm going to do. I've done my set piece routines. I'm never looking at them again. <laughs> and I don't have to. So we will, of course, look at set pieces for FN23 in more detail on a future show. But thanks for the letter, Paul. Hmm, absolutely. Absolutely. So that is the letter section. Thank you, everyone, who's uh, submitted correspondence. Now, the last time we approached the technical department at the FM show, which... By the way, it's just a long corridor with strobe lighting, which flickers intermittently. As we got near the office for emails, all we could hear was cursing, followed by some mumbling about near post corners, and finally, a medium-sized explosion. Think about the experiments you did in science at school. We thought it probably best not to disturb for now, so do keep those longer letters coming in to Ian McIntosh at imacintosh at theathletic.com. Obviously, you can send us short-form correspondence via Twitter. I am at Tony Jameson. Aaron is at RDF Tactics. Remember, the Tactics Garage is, of course, still open. Tweet us a picture of your tactic that you need help with. And, of course, let us know what's wrong with it. And you can also submit your requests for Search for a Star. We look forward to receiving those very soon. And that was the Football Manager Show from The Athletic. Your guest today was Andrew James from Sports Interactive. Your co-host was RDF Tactics. Your producer was producer Steve Hankey. And I am Tony Jameson. Stay safe. We'll see you soon. The Athletic.